Hey guys. Okay, so this is just really part two from yesterday, so I'm not going to get into too much of a prelude. Um, and I'm actually going to just go straight into it. I think this might be the first time I'm ever doing this. <laughs> um, so what we're about to talk about, the story of when Yaakov saw Rachel. So, this is what it means in the in the Kasav, in the Pasuk, that Yaakov kissed Rachel. And he lifted up his soul, his voice and he cried. So to understand this, you have to understand who is Yaakov and who is Rachel. So we already explained yesterday that who is Yaakov. Yaakov is attribute of mercy. Yaakov is attribute of Rachamim, Teferis. Yaakov is the ability to look at reality and see reality clearly, with, which is the Gevura, but with chesed, meaning that I see reality clearly through eyes of love. I, I see reality and if reality is aligned, then great. But when in reality is not fully aligned, then my mercy is invoked because I'm I love what I'm seeing, and so and if I'm loving what I'm seeing, but I'm seeing that it's not aligned because I'm seeing it clearly because of the gevura, then naturally I feel mercy, I feel rachamim. So that's Yaakov. Who is Rachel? Rachel ki Rachel he kinesis Yisrael mikar kol hanishames. Rachel is the kinesis Yisrael and is the source of all of the nishames. So more than all the other matriarchs. Rachel is literally the source of all the souls. Her source is Malchus of Atzilus, which is literally the source of every single neshama. Um, and basically, Rachel represents the souls of all the Jewish people. And if Rachel is representing the, source, the soul of all the Jewish people, then she's also representing what the souls, what all the souls of the Jewish people will end up experiencing in the future. So what does that mean? Well, I mean, think about it this way, like, what have we been experiencing? <laughs> We've essentially been experiencing Gullus, right? We've been experiencing for the past, who knows how long, how many years, I'm not sure exactly, somebody knows, I don't know exactly how many years it's been, but we have been experiencing a experience of life where our souls and our bodies are not in alignment, where my body doesn't even recognize my soul, and my soul has a hard time speaking through my body. And that's that's a sadness, you know? And that's when Yaakov saw Rachel, essentially that's what he saw. He he saw Rachel and he saw a future of B'nai Yisrael where souls and bodies are not going to be in complete alignment. And that's sad. And that's what we were talking about yesterday, how that is essentially the the what we were meant to be having mercy on, on the fact that my soul is inside of my body and her voice is not heard. You know, it's this princess living inside of a dungeon and she can't even say, I'm a princess. That's the pain. The pain isn't that she needs to eat bread. The pain is that nobody sees that there's a princess there. You know, bread. When I said bread, I meant like stale, you know, like wormy bread. <laughs> I guess even princesses in palaces eat bread too. <laughs> Anyways, um, so essentially when Yaakov saw Rachel, that's what he saw. He saw this future of 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 a B'nai Yisrael where souls and bodies are going to be out of alignment with each other and that souls will be trapped inside of these serpent skins as we said yesterday what's the serpent skin the serpent skin is all of the layers of self-identity that I put on myself and that I've that have been put on me through Gullus which say I'm anything other than a reflection of Hashem and that and then a divine being of love and light so what happened? So we said Rachel is this Knesset Israel, Makar Kal Neshamis. Yaakov is the Midas Harachamim, Shabbatilas, Hu Hamaira, Rachamim Rabba Malaha. And Yaakov aroused great compassion onto Rachel. How did he do this? What happened? This is just, it's so amazing. Vayisa Eskailai. 
So he lifted his voice. What does that mean? He lifted his voice. He lifted himself up above the Malchus of Atzilas to a place that is the Mekor Harachim Halyanim. What is the Mekor Harachim? Is the Yugim with the Harachim? Yugim with the Harachim are actually above cosmically from Malchus to Atzilas. And when, like in Seder Hashtashlus, when something is above, you're able to affect what's below. Well, it's also the opposite, but that's okay. It's a separate conversation. But because basically what we're saying is that Yaakov lifted himself to that space above Malchus Hatzil, the space of Yigam Zerachamim, which was then able to invoke mercy on which is on what is below, which is Malchus Tatilas, which is the source of the souls, which is Rachel. Hanikra of Harachman and Makaram. This is the, they are called what is they? This Yigam Zerachamim are called the father of mercies, which is their source. Literally, guys, Yigam Zerachamim are. It's a wild. It's absolutely wild, and like the rabbi said a million times, Kabbalistically, you can come through your beard. And so, I don't know if any guys listen to this, but like, I don't know. The beards are just so cool. <laughs> like, I don't know. How could anybody like? I mean, I guess whatever. I have my struggles. Everybody has their own struggles. But like, like if you if that's actually true, that like, I wonder where you can come from for a girl. I'm so curious. Fascinating question. I'm going to ask. Okay. Or unless we get our Yagam Sarachim through our husband's beards. That's crazy. <laughs> oh my God, that's such a trip. Okay. Anyways, so what happened? Yaakov basically accessed that higher state above Machos above the source of my soul, because you can't, I, I say this a lot, but you can't pick yourself up from your ears. So if the problem is that my soul is in exile, I can't redeem that through being in the source of my soul. I need to get above that, which is the Yigam of the Zarachamim. So, Vayisa Eskaila, he lifted his voice above there. And then what happened? What did he do once he was up there? This is just really beautiful. Vayefk, he cried. Vayefk, la'ayr, la'hamshech, misham, rachamim, rabim, akol hanashem esfel, mekar, kenesis Israel. From there, he wept. And from there, basically, the weeping draw down, it awakened and draw down this abundant compassion on all the souls of, of Israel. And then, so, okay, and then what happened from the crying? I'm going to go back to the crying in a second. What happened, though, from the crying? And it raised them up from their exile. To raise them up from their exile. Basically, Yaakov's elevation, this Vayisas Kaila Vayefk, was almost like a pre- like it was giving us the power to have this experience now as we live in Gullus. So what is what was this experience? I was just I was thinking I I just be very transparent here because why not? I had an experience in therapy the other day where I was feeling a lot of pain about something, and my therapist basically helped me understand. She's like, everything in life is a mixture of tov vira. Since it's a das, everything is a mixture of tov vira, including pain. So what she was basically saying that when we experience pain about something, there's two ways of experiencing the pain. One is from the dimension of taiv, and one is from the dimension of ra. So what does that mean? Sometimes when we're experiencing pain, we're experiencing it from a place of ra, from a place of fragmentation. And that kind of pain comes out of us in words like, this is a tragedy and it will never be okay. Or like, you know, my life is just a disaster. Or like, it's these like, it's these self-image ways of seeing ourselves. It's the, it's really the serpent's skin instead of the soul. That's what it is. It's, 
It's like the layers of reality and the story of reality and what I am attributing to reality versus what reality actually is. And what we were talking about is she was basically saying that like it's not bad to experience pain. If anything, it's the opposite. Hashem experiences darkness in the world. Hashem creates darkness in the world because he wants us to experience our darkness and lean into our darkness and feel our darkness and feel the pain of what it feels like to desire something that you don't have or to desire that somebody that's sick to be to feel better and like all these things that's pain that Hashem expects us to feel and and desires that we feel you know but what we were talking about is like to always remember to feel our pain from the place of taif instead of from the place of ra meaning from the place of re, of of ms instead of sheker from the place of real reality instead of from story like you don't we don't have to overindulge in the pain that comes from the stories that we make about our pain but what we can do is fully feel the way that it feels to actually feel what we're feeling <laughs> i'm laughing at the sentence i just said that's really funny <laughs> but for real like to f- actually feel what it feels like to feel the pain of what our of, of what our soul desires or of the desire for something to change in life that's not bad if anything that's the opposite of bad that's it's a positive thing but why because it's sourced in real reality in in what my soul is saying versus what my ego is saying versus what the parts of me are saying and the trick is to kind of like navigate in order to get there we have to navigate the fullness of the story so we have to write it all out and and talk it all out and say what each part is saying and say all the fears and say all the all the ego stuff because in order before we do that we're not going to ever be able to get to the core of what my soul is actually saying but then to actually feel the pain the, the pain of all the parts and all the stories not that it's not important to feel all that too but it doesn't have to be that's not what's leading to the redemption what leads to the redemption the vayisa meaning when we get to that place that is higher than our story and when we actually see like what are what we are actually experiencing the inner dimension of what my soul is actually wanting often the pain that we think we're experiencing the pain that the story of our pain is just a cover-up for what we are actually feeling inside for what our soul is actually saying and the things that we're afraid of and the things that we are nervous about and the things that we're saying needs to be different and da 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 it's only the layer, it's only the outer layer of what my soul actually wants. And what the altar Beth, I hear in these words, in addition to everything else that's going on here, <laughs> is that like the when crying has an effect, when crying leads to the gu'ula, is when crying comes from the place of soul instead of story. So I just bless us all, not that we don't cry, but that we allow ourselves to to cry from a place of our soul, to cry from a place of this yogi madhasarachman, from the place that's above story, and from the place that actually feels what we actually want versus crying from just like the, you know, everything is a disaster, this isn't going to be okay, da-da-da-da-da, place, which is all story. So I hope that was clear. I don't, I don't know if it was, but... Um, okay, so Vayisa's kind of Vayishk, Yaakov lifted himself up from the story into 
what would be the story? The story is that the body and soul doesn't know each other, that the soul is an exile within the body. He lifted himself up to the place of Yilgam of the Sarachamim. And then from there, he cried. From there, he said, wow, this is so intensely horrible that there could be a body living in Hashem's world that doesn't know that it has a soul inside of it, that doesn't know that its soul is singing a light, a singing a song of light and love within it. That's sad. That crying literally leads to the Geula. So this crying from this place of true pain literally leads to a breakthrough. That's the kind of crying that after you finish crying, that kind of cry, you're like, whoa, I'm free. I'm free and I am love and I am light and I am being held by Hashem right now. And that's the experience that, that happened from this kind of crying. It's this kind of mercy crying where I see reality clearly. I see reality from a lens of love. That's the Rachamim. And now suddenly I I am one with God and I am attached to God. And I am having this experience of Yishakeni Minashika Spihu, of being of kissing Hashem on the mouth, that it's spirit to spirit, breath to breath. This it, and suddenly I've never been more one with God. Dahainu, his kasher is deeper. Adam Dvar. Okay, so now, so now the, the the next two paragraphs are. Elder was saying, what kind of spirit to spirit, breath to breath, love, intense love, do we then get led into through this mercy that we have in our souls, through this experience of crying on behalf of our souls? But again, the crying that's coming from a place of I see you clearly. I see who you actually are, not the crying of everything's a disaster. Gullus is horrible. What are we going to do? It's the crying. That would be from the, from the perspective of Rachel. From the perspective of Yaakov, it's Yigam the Sarachim. It's above that. It's seeing reality clearly. It's seeing that there is a soul that's trapped in a body. And that's sad. And that the soul got, wants to sing. And the soul wants to live in this relationship with God. When I cry from that place, the natural result is that suddenly I am redeemed. I am now in this re- relationship with Hashem. And what happens from there? I do the things that reflect the relationship. I become unified with God in a way that is actually grounded in reality. And so what does that mean? Torah mitzvahs. I want to do a mitzvah. I want to do a Torah. I want to, I want to learn Torah. I want to literally be in this relationship with Hashem. But the words that Alder uses are so special. What does Alder say? That the speech to speech, the word of Hashem, like my mouth to mouth with Hashem <laughs> is halacha and and v'chein machshava machshava, which is tara masa masa shvi masa mitzvahs. We refer to masa tzedaka v'chasid the chasid derayimina specifically tzedaka. V'hu b'chein aschi b'kamamish when I give tzedaka, which is the kind which is the kindness of Hashem. Just to be clear for a second, I we've talked about this a few times already, but mitzvahs don't reveal our relationship with Hashem because. We need to do something in order to have a relationship. Mitzvahs are the revelation of, of our relationship with Hashem because mitzvahs are the exact expressions that reveal our unity. <laughs> like, it's not like the example of taking out the garbage. It's, it's not taking out the garbage. It's, it's like a, it's a divine embrace. It's when we're hugging each other in such a way that th- it's almost like this hug is reflecting our innermost love and so sometimes i guess it could look like taking out the garbage but 
a mitzvah isn't just like an add-on to this experience of unity with Hashem. A mitzvah is the reflection of the unity with Hashem. Our relationship with Hashem is founded on mitzvahs. And so, what does it mean it's founded on mitzvahs? Meaning, the ultimate way of expressing the relationship with Hashem is through a mitzvah. But it's like it, it's like a cycle that goes back and forth into each other and out of each other. Like, I do a mitzvah because I'm one with Hashem, but because I'm one with Hashem, I do a mitzvah. You know, it's so it's... So we're saying that tzedakah is literally like a hug with Hashem and Tara is a kiss with Hashem. And the Rebbe's note on this was so special that the Rebbe says, notice how the Rebbe says mamish, how the altar Rebbe says mamish here. That, because we know that mitzvahs are also kisses with Hashem. What the altar Rebbe says about Tara study, it's neshikin mamish. And Whatever that means. I mean, just to notice. I mean, I'm experiencing terror right now. Like, I'm kissing Hashem right now. Hashem is kissing me. Like, that's wild. Okay. And through this, through this arousal that I have inside of me, of this deep compassion for the fact that my soul is inside of my body and that she wants to sing, she wants to love, she wants to be in this relationship with Hashem. And I ha- and this is happening right now. As I speak right now, there is this soul inside of me that is saying, Khana, please hear me, love me, talk to me. Let me be the voice that is that is your voice. Let me be your voice. <laughs> like, let me be the way that you see yourself. See yourself through the eyes of me. See the world through my eyes. Like, like look through my eyes and see yourself, you know? It's crazy that we have we literally have the soul saying this inside of herself through having compassion on the soul, which automatically leads to Tara mitzvahs because when I have compassion for the soul inside of me, I want to do a mitzvah because the soul says, I want to be one with Hashem. I want to I want to be I want to live a life where I'm revealing and reflecting the truth of who I am, which is literally Ahtos Hashem, I will then be what will be revealed inside of me is the state of avaraba which is again something that you can't create but altar is telling us you want to you want to get there start with this start with start with seeing yourself through eyes of teferis through eyes of rachman like it says that yaakov redeemed avraham avraham is the love and yaakov is the mercy and what the altar is saying in this chapter is that's the last line of the Pasuk, but as is explained elsewhere. But Alter is saying, and that's the end of Perak Memhe. But I think what Alter is actually saying, I don't think I know. I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if I even understand this at all. But from what I'm understanding, based on what Alter is saying, is that there is something within us that is worth having compassion on. There is a soul inside of us that is waiting for us to hear her and to notice that she is our life and what that means is that my life is not just the sum total of my parts and that my life is not just the sum total of the things that I do good and the things that I will accomplish and you know the ways that I feel I'm worth loving and the you know my life is not just the sum total of like the stories that I have about it it's not it's just simply not and and the the stories that I have about life that say that I need it to look a certain way in order to feel love, and I need things a certain look away in order to be free, and in order to have freedom in my life, in order to feel full aliveness, and all these stories and all this stuff, like that's not the sum total, that's not the full extent. There is a soul inside of me that is literal divinity, that is literally Hashem, that 
is shining through me, waiting for me to notice her and waiting for me to look at her and waiting for me to hear her voice. And what is her voice saying? Her voice is saying, I am a princess. I am a divine being radiating with love and freedom and light and aliveness and hope and courage and all this stuff. And that is what's true about me. And that is what will always be true about me from today till tomorrow till I'm 40 years old and 80 years old and 90 years old. And even if life never looks the way that I want it to look, even then, even then, this soul will be alive within me. Even then, I will be somebody who is filled with love and filled with freedom and filled with light and filled with godliness. I will still be this princess of Hashem, no matter what, literally no matter what. Um, and yeah, that was a little bit of attention, but not really. Basically, that's what my soul is saying. And when I reveal, when I have mercy on her, when I notice that she's there and I say, I don't want you to live in captivity. I want you to shine through me. <laughs> and then naturally, I then I'm filled with this Avarabha. I'm filled with this great love of, wow, I am literally part of the cosmic scheme of things. I am part of this divine, you know, purpose of creation. And I am in this intimate relationship with God where I am hugged by him and hugging him through a mitzvah and through Tara and yeah I just it's like I want to live with that I want to I want to be in that so to having this teferis this mercy and it's not a mercy of oh poor you it's a mercy of I see your greatness and so I'm not going to give up until you see it too I'm not going to give up until you're revealed so what we would say to anybody that we love you know if you saw somebody that you love and you saw them in a state that they were not reflecting who they really were. You would say, because I love you so much, I cannot let you continue to live this way. Because I love you so much, I refuse to let you live your life in a way where you're in denial of who you actually are. You know? And so l'chaim, to us all being able to say that to ourselves. We have it inside of us. Yaakov, it says that Yaakov is, um, what is it? Nasi stands for Nish- Nish- Nishmas Yaakov Avinu. We have this soul of Yaakov. We have this Deferis inside of us. And just to not give up, to literally not give up on, on finding this place inside of ourselves that does not give up on ourselves, you know? And that refuses to say that my story is who I am and the way I see myself is the full extent of who I am. And my fear is the true reality. Like, no. There's a soul inside of me and she's shining and I will not give up until I hear her fully and, and until I allow her voice to be my voice. Um, so, l'chaim, l'chaim.